Welcome to the fifth and final episode of La Leyenda, a radio series reliving the storied 21-year career of the legendary Miguel Cabrera. I'm your host, Daniela Bruce. As we move towards the conclusion of an epic chapter in Tiger's history, it's only right that we spend some time reflecting on one of the greatest players to ever don the Old English D. Detroit fans had a front row seat to Miggy's greatness for so many years that at times we could become desensitized to what we were witnessing day in and day out. Since 2008, our summers were illuminated by one of the best hitters in baseball history. It's difficult to sum up Cabrera's remarkable career, but the first four episodes of La Leyenda were aimed at doing just that. From Miguel's signing with the Marlins at age 16, to his time in the minor leagues, his remarkable debut, and his early years in Miami. We relived the trade that brought Cabrera to Detroit, his back-to-back MVP seasons, Triple Crown, and the slew of milestones he's accomplished along the way. In this episode, we'll take a slight detour off the diamond and focus on Miguel Cabrera, the human being, including the undeniable impact he's made globally. First, we'll get to hear about Miguel as a youngster from those that know him best. His father, Miguel Cabrera Sr., recounts what it was like to watch Miguel grow from a fun-loving kid to a baseball legend. His mom, Gregoria Torres, explains the sacrifices they made as a family so Miguel could play baseball and how he could have taken a very different career path playing volleyball in Europe. We'll also hear from Miggy's childhood hero, Venezuelan infielder Dave Concepcion, whose relationship with the Cabrera family dates back 50 years. Later in the hour, we'll hear from some of the many young adults that Cabrera has impacted through his foundation, first-generation college students who, thanks to Miggy, were able to accomplish their dreams of higher education. Also ahead, we'll touch on Miguel's unique relationship with fans. For many years, baseball's unwritten rules encouraged players to be muted and shy away from the lavish displays of excitement. But Miggy was never one for being dulled, diluted, or toned down. He never tried to be anyone but his joyful self, and thank goodness for that, because over the years, Cabrera's personality and playfulness led to some of the most memorable fan interactions we've ever seen. We'll relive one of those viral moments and hear from the fan involved eight years later. Finally, we'll examine the legacy Cabrera leaves behind after he plays his final game on October 1st. We'll sum up 21 remarkable years with the help of his former teammates, Hall of Famers, and other Detroit royalty. What will the game miss most when Miggy hangs up his cleats? It's all ahead on the final episode of La Leyenda. Before we attempt to summarize his Hall of Fame career, for a moment we're going to take you back to where it all started when Miguel was a youngster playing ball in Maracay, Venezuela. What was Miggy like as a child according to his dad? Bien, bien, muchacho. Divertido. Just a playful young kid doing his stuff as any other kid, just playing a lot, fun guy, just an average young kid. When did he know that Miguel had a special talent when it came to baseball? Let's say he was age 12 to 13. There was a tournament, a Pan American tournament in St. Louis, Missouri, in which Miguel was invited and he participated down there and he performed very well. Fortunately, there was an, a scout, an area scout for the Dodgers, who just saw him and just showed up some interest in, in, in him. So that's when we kind of realized that he was, he, he was something. Cabrera's mother, Gregoria Torres, explains on the Tigers VIP podcast that, as a family, they made a lot of sacrifices so Miguel could play the game he loved. Those were shared sacrifices. We were not wealthy, totally the opposite. And I say this with pride. His dad quit working so he could work out and focus with Miguel properly. 
We sold crafts at home, back there at La Pedrera. We spent a lot of months doing that, and that way we helped ourselves financially. It was tough, very tough. But with the help of God, we moved forward and helped Miguel in his studying. We gave him most of the stuff that he needed, some cleats, a glove. We asked for stuff on credit. And I believe in this life that if you want something a lot, you have to make sacrifices. So we did. Torres also recounted how Miggy was offered a volleyball scholarship in Italy around the same time he signed with the Florida Marlins. She said to me, hey, someone is offering a scholarship to Miguel to study and play volleyball in Italy. And I told her Miguel couldn't go. She replied, you cannot lose this opportunity. His future is there. And I told her that we should wait. She insisted by saying she needed to have an answer right away because he had to go as soon as he graduates so he can go to Italy and study and play volleyball. I insisted that he couldn't go, that he had other important plans ahead, but she didn't believe. Then when she found out, after the news of Miguel signing broke on July 2nd, Miguel was graduating around that time, and she came to me and told me, you were right. What has it been like to watch their son grow from just a kid to a baseball legend? Miguel's dad explains. Got your question as a father. I mean, I can be very, I can be more proud. You can, you can see it. I transpire pride uh, for everything he has done. I've seen him being the great son I've ever wanted to have. He's been the greatest player that I've ever wanted him to be. And uh, I'm saying that I'm proud that it's not enough. I'm short of words because uh, just having the opportunity to, to be the father of this guy is very important to me. I missed last year. I missed two years ago. I wasn't able to be here, but I couldn't miss the opportunity to see him and be here in the last season of his career. Sometimes it's hard for us to imagine big-time athletes fanning about other players, but everyone grows up idolizing someone. And for Miguel Cabrera, that was Venezuelan infielder Dave Concepcion. Concepcion made his major league debut with the Cincinnati Reds in 1970 when he was 22 years old. He stayed with Cincy for the entirety of his 19-year career, accumulating nine All-Star appearances, five gold gloves, and two World Series rings along the way. The Cabrera-Torres family is full of athletes, and for that reason, Concepcion has known them for half a century. Well, I know Miguel since he was a little kid. I play against his uh, uncle. Both uncle played professional baseball. And his mother was a catcher for the Venezuela selection softball team. So I know Miguel's family 50 years ago. Concepcion told us an amazing story about how Miguel was disqualified from playing on his little league team for being too tall. But that didn't stop Miggy from trying to be around his childhood hero by any means possible. I had Miguel one time. He was my little league bad boy. When he was 11 years old, I managed a Venezuelan Pan-American game. And he can play Martin because he was so tall. He was too tall. There was playing by age and high. So he was too high. So he can play Martin. So he asked me, can I be your bad boy? And I said, yeah, Miguel, you can be my bad boy. So Miguel was my bad boy in the Pan-American Little League 
Latin in Venezuela. There's one Tigers legend that's known Miguel Cabrera his entire life. Willie Horton befriended Cabrera's parents before he was born. I tell you, I got a lot of great memories, uh, years in a country, and been involved in Venezuela and uh, for many years. Go back uh, two years before he was born. Took over the team and won the Caribbean World Series. First manual won the Caribbean World Series for that uh, uh, country. And uh, to see this young man my connection from two years before he born in my car and I was in Valencia, see him grow from uh, the Marlins and to what he accomplished in my life and I see him with my own eyes that playing with a lot of great players from his, from his country, Concepcion and other great players, and see this young man grow through Hank Aaron and Willie May and them type of guys to come to one of the greatest. And that's, that's a blessing. He's a mobile Al Kaline type of person, quiet, but he set example from his leadership. Coming up on La Leyenda, we'll hear more about exactly that, Cabrera's leadership. Miguel is the Tigers' 2023 Roberto Clemente Award nominee, and for good reason. Since breaking into the bigs, Cabrera has been serving his communities in both the U.S. and Venezuela with a special focus on helping kids reach their full potential through education and youth baseball. We'll hear from recipients of the Cabrera Family Scholarship Endowment who were able to pursue higher education thanks to Miguel. We'll also hear from individuals that Miggy has impacted through his work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. One Wish Kid explains why his biggest dream was to meet Miguel and what that experience meant to both him and his family. It's all ahead on La Leyenda. Welcome back to La Leyenda. I'm Daniela Bruce. In Major League Baseball, the Roberto Clemente Award is bestowed annually to the player who best represents the game through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions both on and off the field. The award was named after 15-time All-Star, four-time batting title winner, Hall of Famer, and most importantly, humanitarian Roberto Clemente. The Pirates legend played 18 years in the majors until his untimely death at age 38. Clemente spent most of his off-seasons volunteering at charitable endeavors, and in late December of 1972, when Nicaragua was hit by a massive earthquake, he immediately arranged for aid packages to be flown to the victims of the quake in emergency relief. Clemente decided to accompany the fourth flight to help ensure the delivery would reach those in need. Sadly, the plane crashed off the coast of Isla Verde, Puerto Rico, immediately after takeoff on December 31st. There were no survivors. In March 1973, Clemente was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame during a special election. Clemente's legacy is not just his spectacular play on the field. His 3,000 hits, his career batting average of 317, and lifetime war of 94.8. Clemente will be remembered for his relentless kindness and commitment to the service of humanity as much as he will be for any of those numbers. In 2023, the Tigers' Roberto Clemente Award nominee is Miguel Cabrera. He exemplifies that same passion for community impact, philanthropy, and improving the lives of those around him. In 2007, Miguel and his wife Rosangel established the Miguel Cabrera Foundation, a nonprofit organization rooted in guiding principles that we can achieve great things when we dream big, work hard, and help others. Through his foundation, Cabrera has left an incredible mark on the residents of Michigan, South Florida, and Venezuela, where he's helped raise and personally contributed millions of dollars in pursuit of serving those communities. In Venezuela, he's known as Papa Miggy, according to his Team Venezuela teammate and friend, Eugenio Suarez. As a person, I think he's a better person, the better player, the player he is. And we all know how, how good he is as a player. 
Miguel is a Venezuelan hero. Like we call him the Papa Miguel. You know, like everybody knows Miguel is our hero. And I'm very sure that everybody want to be like me when grow up. And I think Miguel is everything for, for Venezuela and for our country. Everything he do for us, everything he doing in his career, everything he doing in the field, off the field, for Venezuela is, is, is a lot. In addition to suffering through the difficulties of the pandemic in 2020, Miguel's home state of Aragua was affected by three natural disasters in 2021 and 2022. To aid the most vulnerable, the foundation partnered with local organizations to provide communities with essentials such as clean drinking water, food, mattresses, linens, clothes, shoes, and the list goes on. Several of these items were boxed and delivered directly to the homes of those most severely affected. Team Venezuela teammate and friend Elvis Andres told us that McGee gives back to Venezuela more than we will ever know. I don't know if people knows how much impact. I think he made way more impact outside the game than actually playing it. Always Miguel was a reference, like, I can, like, we have the best hitter, like, what, what you guys got, you know? But what he's been doing of baseball is charity in Venezuela, like, he's donating so much money, so much more money than people thought about it, but uh, I think that, especially in Maracay, I don't know, he's done in Caracas, in other cities, but like, he's, he's, you know, he means so much. One consistent theme for Cabrera is that no matter where he's played or lived in his career, he's always considered that community home and remained an active and visible member of that area. In response to COVID-19, Miguel and his wife Rosangel donated $250,000 to provide meals for children, technology for students, daycare for families, and high-quality face masks for Detroiters. They also partnered with the restaurant El Rey de las Arepas to provide hot meals for first responders, doctors, nurses, and security workers at hospitals tending to COVID patients throughout the pandemic, as well as firefighters and police officers. As a result, more than 10,000 meals were served. In 2017, they established the Cabrera Family Scholarship Endowment, which awards two annual renewable college scholarships to first-generation college students in Michigan and South Florida. Ariel Trebo was a 2018 South Florida recipient of the Cabrera Family Scholarship Endowment. How did he come across this opportunity? So I was looking, doing some research, looking to see who's willing to give back to my community, and I saw that Miguel Cabrera had a scholarship. I've been watching baseball since I was three years old or longer than I can remember with my grandmother and bring me here to when it was called the Orange Bowl. We used to come see the games and uh, really glad for, you know, Mickey's uh, legacy and being able to give back to his community that he, you know, left here in Miami and also in Detroit. Amanda Echevarria was a 2019 Cabrera Scholarship recipient, also from South Florida. What did the endowment mean for her and her family? For me personally, um, as a first-generation college student like Ariel, I knew one of my biggest concerns when going to college was not that I was going to go, was the fact that how was I going to afford it? How was I going to you know, have the experience I wanted? And luckily, the scholarship came right at the perfect time. You know, It helped me really settle into school and helped me a lot for housing and helped me in a lot of ways that I can't even describe. Um, I truly believe that education is a gift, and Miggy not only gave me the gift of education, he's really given me the gift that's changed my life and my family's life, which I'm so grateful for. Here in Michigan, Emmanuel Orozco was a recipient of the Miguel Cabrera Scholarship from 2018 to 2021. I am from a very small town in Mexico, and my parents didn't have the opportunity to go to college. But my mom always insisted that the best thing that she could give her children was an education and she was always very supportive. 
And being a uh, first-generation student when I was in high school, I knew that I needed to uh, apply for all the opportunities and get all the extra support that I needed. And my uh, college counselor at that time, when I was at uh, River Rouge High School, told me about the Miguel Cabrera Scholarship. I thought it was a, a great fit, and it has supported me throughout my four years of college. And I am very grateful that this scholarship and this financial support uh, helped me uh, fund my education and realize my dream. Orozco recounts how the scholarship allowed him to transfer to the University of Michigan and once there, pursue his dream of working in humanitarian efforts. I went to a community college, to Henry Ford College, with the support of this scholarship, and I decided to transfer to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where I pursued a major in international studies and minors in translation and Latin American studies. I graduated with highest distinction, and I would like to uh, pursue a career in humanitarianism, and my dream is to work for the UN Refugee Agency one day. Orozco will forever be grateful to Miguel for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Miguel, for supporting uh, and funding the dreams of so many young people like myself. Uh, gracias for allowing me to experience my own American dream, and I hope you know that uh, the generosity that you have shared with me inspires me every day to go out there in the community and support other people who desperately need it. Muchas gracias. In addition to helping kids pursue their passion for higher education, Miguel has also hosted the Tigers annual Keeping Kids in the Game fundraiser since 2011, a benefit dedicated to raising funds for children's health and youth baseball. Community Impact Director of Fundraising and Development for Illich Sports and Entertainment, Shannon Lapsley, was at the helm of organizing this year's Keeping Kids in the Game event in August. How many kids get to be a part of this event every year? Every year this event brings out overall about 500 to 600 people. But the very special part is there is a party just for children that are being directly impacted, whether they, from previous years, we've worked with Children's Hospital, and this, this year we're working with Make-A-Wish Michigan, and so we have over 150 Wish families and kids here. Cabrera has hosted this event since 2011 and made an impact in the lives of these children and their families for over a decade. Throughout all of the years, he's helped raise over $3 million, so he's he's been very committed to this for many, many years. It's definitely something that I hope he realizes how much he's really impacted the lives of not only people in Metro Detroit, but of course in South Florida and Venezuela. And so he's he's made a global impact for sure. As we all know, Miguel generally shies away from talking about himself or his accomplishments. But one thing he is excited to expound on is this event and what it means to him. A lot, you know, giving back something to a kid, give a smile, give a hope. I mean, I, I, I think it's all, you know, I mean, I don't do this because uh, I want to do it because I'm feeling, I feel comfortable in doing it, and hopefully I can, do, I can keep doing this type of event. Cabrera's impact on the kids, especially those dealing with critical illness, is something that's difficult to adequately articulate. Michael Hall, president of Make-A-Wish Foundation Michigan, attended this year's Keeping Kids in the Game event, along with at least 10 Make-A-Wish families. What does it mean for Make-A-Wish to be a part of this event? Oh, it's absolutely incredible. We have so many Wish families here tonight that get to experience all the joy, and that's on top of all the wishes that he's helped us grant over the years, and the funds raised from tonight that will help us grant even more wishes for Kids, which is pretty awesome. Hall recounts how Miguel goes above and beyond for these children and their families. Oh, he's just so kind and spends quality time with our kids. You know, our wish kids have critical illnesses, and so they're fighting some things that I can't even imagine going through. And not only taking time to meet them, but also taking time to really care for them, learn about their journey, 
hear why they love him. It's just a magical experience that you can't describe, especially for a kid with a critical illness. You know, you idolize someone and they actually take time to get to know you. It really changes their life. One of those kids Miguel has impacted is Gabe Sessions, whose one wish was to meet Miguel. He and his mom recount how special that experience was and what it meant to them as a family. My name is Candy and I'm Gabe Sessions' mom. We basically went to Gabe and said, you can do anything that you want to do, go anywhere you want to go, what do you want to do? And his one wish was to meet Miguel. I don't think there was any question. The day of my wish, we got to meet Miguel Cabrera. I was nervous, but also excited. I feel really blessed to have had this opportunity. Thank you for everything that you do for the community and congratulations on a great career. When you have a child who is not well, there are not always a lot of things for them to look forward to. You're always wanting to make those memories for all of you to carry, for Gabe to carry when he's not feeling well, for all of us to carry when things are hard. For us, that, that's it. The, the lasting memories of a really... Um, just of a really joyful time. It's something I will always cherish and never ever forget. Gracias, Miggy. Miguel's impact across communities in Detroit, Florida, and Venezuela continues to be felt by many. You can vote for Miguel Cabrera to win the Roberto Clemente Award in his final season by going to the website mlbtogether.com backslash Clemente21. You can vote for Miggy until the final day of the season on October 1st. The winner will be honored at the 2023 World Series. Coming up on La Leyenda, we take a look at Miguel's very unique relationship with fans. Over the years, his playful persona has shattered the barrier between player and fan like no one before. How often do you get to interact with a professional athlete while they are playing the game? With Miggy, there's always a chance. His joy for the game and his appreciation for those in the stands have led to some very memorable moments over the years. We relive one such interaction and hear from the kid at the center of it all, years later, next on La Leyenda. Welcome back to La Leyenda. I'm your host, Daniela Bruce. One thing we've learned about Miguel Cabrera throughout this series is that he is unapologetically himself. Miggy was always the same person on the field, whether things were going well for him or not, as former teammate Nick Castellanos recounts. He loves to win. He, he loves, he enjoys winning. He has fun when the team wins, even if he doesn't do well. But I think above winning, just Miggy enjoyed playing. And he wasn't uh, he didn't enjoy it less if it was going bad at the time. Former Marlins and Tigers teammate Yvonne Rodriguez also observed Miguel as the same fun-loving guy on the field and off the field. Same thing, same attitude, same, same, same personality. Greg was unbelievable, funny, uh, enjoy, uh, happy. And, and that's the way, that's the way you got to play this game. But perhaps former teammate and great friend Victor Martinez said it best when he referred to Miguel as a kid in a big body. Miguel, it's a 10-year-old a kid in a big body. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the way Miguel, like Miguel is on the field, you know, how much joy, fun he got uh, have on the field. He's the same way off the field. You know, he can go at you and just tell you whatever whatever come to his mind he tell you and start laughing <laughs> you know but he uh you know he just you know i, I say he's just a a, a 10 year old kid in a, in a big body you know 
With that kind of personality, it's no wonder that Cabrera has made a name for himself as one of the more accessible players in Major League Baseball. And we don't mean just signing autographs or waving hello. Over the years, Miguel Cabrera has broken down the wall between players and fans by having one-on-one -on -one interactions from the dugout, on-deck circle, and even while playing the field. One of the more memorable instances came during a game on June 23, 2015. It was a Tuesday evening and the Tigers were playing in front of a crowd of just over 19,000 at Progressive Field. Cabrera was the starting first baseman in the lineup that day, batting third in front of Victor Martinez. David Price was pitching. Andrew Romine hit a solo home run in the top of the third to put the Tigers on top. Cleveland countered by scoring on a sacrifice fly from Francisco Lindor in the bottom of that frame. In the fifth inning, though, the Tigers' offense exploded with six more runs, putting them up 7-1. to one. The Cleveland crowd understandably went quiet. With one out in the bottom of the fifth, Cleveland's second baseman, Jason Kipnis, was at the plate. On the second pitch of the at-bat, Kipnis ripped a foul ball down the first base side, headed straight for the wall just beyond the camera well. The ball was scooped up by a quick-thinking fifth grader in the front row named Dominic Opron, who used his hat to snag the careening ball. The look on his face that followed was pure elation and excitement. Then the cameras caught him yelling something at Miguel Cabrera on first base. We didn't know exactly what at the time, but we did see Miggy nod his head and pound his fist on his heart in response. Ties in for the league lead this year. 0-2. That dude's fired up. <laughs> Who's he going after? Talking to Miggy. Oh, is he? <laughs> 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 I got you, big fella. Look, look at me looking at Miggy. <laughs> He's posing. That's beautiful. Here's the ball hit to the kid. Oh, nicely done with the hat. <laughs> look at young Indians fan talking trash to Miggy. And all Miggy could do is laugh. Miggy dishes out a lot of himself, too. The interaction was far from over, however. Cabrera later had a special delivery for Opron. Well, the young man has an incredulous look on his face for one reason. He is holding a bat and a pair of batting gloves from Miguel Cabrera and a couple of baseballs. Look at this. Miggy gave him another ball, batting gloves, and a bat. Oh, my goodness. For making that play. And look at the kid's face. He has a fan for life. He was stunned. And that's how you get kids more involved in baseball. He just kept saying over and over, that's amazing. <laughs> that's wow. Beautiful. Opron was now heading home with two baseballs, batting gloves, and a game-used bat, courtesy of a future Hall of Famer. That night, Bally Sports' Johnny Kane found Opron and his friend John in the crowd and spoke to them about the experience. You make a great, uh, a great play there to scoop up that foul ball. You did it with your hat. Tell us what happened right after that. Um, so I, I just, I just tell Miggy I got your back. Cause that's what I've been, I've been telling. I mean, I, you need to be fired up. He really did. And he, he, was, he was bored. He looked bored out there. <laughs> well, what, what was it that Miggy? Uh, obviously, you got yourself a souvenir of a lifetime. You get you and Miggy talk a little bit back and forth, and then what? Um, well, he said, "Hold on, you just wait there," and then so. So I'm like, okay. And then I, at first I thought he was just telling me back away, just stop talking, lay, <laughs> uh, lay it off a little bit. And then, and then I see him bringing down this bat, and it's, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's it. I was shocked, really. But perhaps even cooler is the fact that we were able to sit down with Opron earlier this season, eight years later.
Now a cadet at the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York, Opron still remembers that interaction like it was yesterday, albeit now with the benefit of time and wisdom. Off the bat, he explained how he almost didn't make it to the game that evening. So not a lot of people know this, but I actually wasn't his first choice to take to that game. So um, there was another kid who he was planning on taking and he couldn't make it. So he, he came to me, he's like, hey, would you like to come? I got these great tickets and seats. And I was like, great. Thankfully, Dominic was still on John's short list of friends to call and they both made it to the game. We sit down, it's about first or second inning and people were chirping Miguel. They were, they were chirping him already. There were also some uh, Detroit fans around me too. They were getting a little frustrated by the fact that their favorite player was getting chirped at. And then all of a sudden I, I get up and before I caught the foul ball, I was uh, joking around like, I got, I got your back, like no foul balls getting past me. Like. And then when it actually happened, when I, when I caught the foul ball, that gave me the confidence to really yell out to him where I know he could hear me. And everyone around me was like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? What's going on? And uh, I, j I just remember having like a lot of confidence in the moment. And when he looked at me and saw me like that, it just was like, wow, he's actually like noticing me. This is so cool. I can't believe this is happening, whatever. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just a really cool interaction, a cool story. But because Miggy is Miggy, the story just got cooler. Then he, he comes out with the bat and the gloves and I didn't notice at first. So there was somebody in the crowd who was like, hey, 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 where's that kid? Where's that kid? And, and then they're like, hey, you, 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 you're him. He wants to talk to you, he wants, he wants to say something. And then he comes, he comes out, gives me the bat and the gloves, and I'm just like, what? I thought, I thought we were like on the opposing sides. I can't believe this is happening, but he's just super nice about it. He's like, here, good, good job out there, nice catch. And I was just like, on top of the world, right? Like everyone's giving me high fives. He was just such a larger than life figure to me at the time. Like, oh my gosh, this future Hall of Famer is giving me his bat and his gloves like that. That's just crazy. Fan for life now. Opron also explained that he thought Miguel might have been mad at him at first. I almost thought for a second that he was like, hey, you got to stop chirping out there. I think I think he, I was even nervous to go see him. Thankfully, he stuck around and received the surprise of a lifetime, gifts from Miguel himself, ones he will never, ever let go of for any amount of money. I want to make one thing clear. These are never being sold, ever. These are staying with me the rest of my life. And that a Hall of Famer has these, no money can amount to what, what this is worth to me. It's like, it's a memory. It's a part of my childhood. It's something that I'll remember forever. It's something that people know me from in my hometown. It means, it means a lot, right? And it, I find no one more deserving than for him to be a Hall of Famer, someone who cared about the game, cared about the people, the fans, on a personal level, beyond people just coming out here to make money playing the game that they love. It, it's really astounding and I'm really glad to be a part of a small piece of his career. Miguel himself reflected on the interaction recently. He says those are the moments he tries to create for fans because he would have loved for someone to do that for him when he was young. I mean, I think that's catch me in the moment, you know what I mean? You know, if we, in the moment, like, like we got like good connection, hey, let's go, blah, blah, but because he make a nice play too. Fat boy, he make a nice play. And he said, I got you, I got you. I said, I know, come here to play here. I said, after that, I said, okay, let's give this kid to a body glove, like give something like to his memory, you know what I mean? Because when I was a kid, like, I would love to somebody do that to me. So you gotta give it back because it's not only about play baseball, it's, it's like, oh, like, give back to a community too. In Opron's opinion, can Miguel be an example for other players that you can be great at the game, have fun, and make fans an even bigger part of the game? No one will ever 
be like Miguel, but I think other players can definitely take that next step of making connections with fans. People will remember that for the rest of their lives. Right? I think other players have an incredibly impactful part in a young baseball fans, the way they see the game. Right? Some people see it as, well, they're just here to make money, they're just here to you know, play the game. And some, some players take it upon themselves to make this an incredible experience for young fans. So I think people can embody Miguel's ability to interact with the fans and just be a part of their lives just for a, a split moment and that lasts a lifetime. Finally, what does Dom want to say to Miguel, whose momentary gesture of kindness he'll carry for a lifetime? Miguel, personally, I want to thank you for this, this bat, these gloves and this ball. It's going to last me a lifetime. I'm never selling them. You mean everything to my baseball development. You're the reason why I love the game still to this day. And I hope that young kids can follow you and watch your highlights and be inspired by what you brought to the game and what you're going to leave behind. Cabrera continues to make those kinds of lasting memories for fans throughout his final season. And if I had to guess, he'll continue making remarkable impressions on baseball lovers long after he is retired. Coming up on the final segment of La Leyenda, we'll wrap up our series with a big-picture look at Miguel Cabrera's legacy. While it's hard to boil down an astounding 21-year career in just a few minutes, we'll do our best to sum up what Cabrera means to the game of baseball and to the city of Detroit. We'll do this with the help of those that know him best, former teammates, friends, and other Motor City royalty. It's all ahead on the finale of La Leyenda. Welcome back to La Leyenda. I'm Daniela Bruce with you on the final episode of our five-part series, Reliving the Storied 21-Year Career of Tigers legend Miguel Cabrera. As we wrap up this episode, we want to take one last look at the legacy Cabrera will leave behind after he plays his final game on October 1st. What lasting impression is he leaving upon his Detroit teammates and the next generation of baseball stars? What does he mean to the country of Venezuela, the city of Detroit, and the global baseball community? When we reflect on Cabrera's baseball career with the passage of time, what will he be remembered for most? And finally, what will we as fans miss the most about Miggy when he plays his final frame? Let's start with his current teammates, who look to Miguel as a role model, as manager A.J. Hinch told us. Miggy is not the most vocal presence, but he's always one to lead by example. He doesn't want to be the big voice, yet he has like a booming voice. He doesn't want to be the center of attention, but he walks in a room and, and everybody gravitates to him. Just his presence alone is, is leadership. He's always there. Like it's, you know, I, I think it's funny, like when you're on the other side, you see you know, his big physical presence and you see his, the stardom and the, and the vibe around him. But when you're with him day to day, like he's, he's just there for the young players, but not always gonna be the loudest. His wisdom comes out in, in different ways. The players certainly gravitate to him and, and he's, you know, he's willing to do whatever for anybody. The current Tigers roster is full of young talent, and having the benefit of a veteran presence like Cabrera's in the clubhouse the past few years has been invaluable. Miggy's imparted wisdom will continue to help them develop and grow. Spencer Torkelson explains some of what he's taken with him from number 24. A couple things. I think not so much like mechanically or, you know, even approach. It's really just like the way he shows up to the yard every single day. It's like it's so monotonous and you as a player, a young player in this league, it's like you can kind of realize you realize how tough it is to one, hit in this league, and then one, to maintain it for the amount of years that Miggy did. So just to witness, you know, what, how he goes about his business, how he handles failure, um, it, that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll take with me forever. 
It's not just his teammates that have benefited from his expertise. It's some of baseball's biggest and brightest stars across the league. When Yankees standout Aaron Judge was still in the minor leagues, he remembers sneaking into a spring training game just to watch Miguel Cabrera. You know, one of the best hitters I've ever gotten a chance to play against and watch, you know, just a generational talent. You know, I even, it reminds me of a story going back. I'm in the minor leagues with the Yankees. You know, we finished our spring training up. You know, the major league team had a night game against the Tigers. You made the trip. So, you know, me and my buddies, we, you know, snuck in, got seats right at the very top to watch watch you play and very first at bat, you know, you hit what seemed like a line drive to the second baseman that ended up hitting off the top of the right field wall. It was just pretty impressive just to see, you know, you, you're a, a hitter that hits for power, hits for average, you have fun on the field, you know, you, you play the game the right way and, you know, you inspired a generation. So thank you for everything you've done and, and enjoy retirement. In 2012, Cabrera competed fiercely for his triple crown and the first of two consecutive MVP awards against some of the game's best. The name Mike Trout might ring a bell. Still a rookie in 2012, Trout remembers those times fondly and says he spent a lot of time watching videos of Miguel's swing. When I first came in the league, uh, one of the guys I looked up to and, you know, always went on YouTube and, and always checked the stats at night and watched the videos of your swing because, you know, the way you hit for power and the way you let the ball get so deep, um, in your stance, you know, when you're at the plate, it was just something, you know, I, I needed that. And, uh, you know, just being able to compete against you, you know, year in, year out, um, you know, the MVP races were, were unbelievable. We've talked about Miguel's global impact on this show several times. He's not just a hero to players in the U.S. He's a larger-than-life figure in his home country of Venezuela. Fellow Venezuelan Ozzy Guillen recounts the time Miggy told him he'd be happy leaving the United States with nothing because that's what he started with. All that mattered to him was leaving his mark on the game as one of the best to ever play. Miguel says something very funny. I don't care about the money. I care about my numbers because when I grow up, I grow up without nothing. I don't mind leave the United States with nothing, just with my name in the Hall of Fame. He told us play around and go, shut up. But he did. He said, I grow up with nothing. I go back to Venezuela with nothing. Just give me a good opportunity. I have it. I just want to put my numbers out to be one of the best ever out of the country. And he is the best. With my respect to Mr. Luis Aparicio, Omar Vigil is nobody. No one in my country, even in 20 years from now, 30, 40, 60 years from now, nobody going to be better than Miguel Cabrera. No chance. Consistently play every day, play when he was hurt, put 20 plus years in the big league, base over. In my country, nobody. No chance. No one. No one. Going to be better than him. Miggy's childhood hero, Venezuelan infielder Dave Concepcion, also agrees. There's no better ball player to represent their country than Miguel Cabrera. I'm going to say the, the truth. Venezuela been having a lot of baseball players. But uh, to me, Miguel is the best player ever played for Venezuela country. His average is over 300, 500 or wrong, 3,000 men. He had to be in the top 10 every play this game. Here in Detroit, where you see number 24 jerseys in droves on game days, we feel a similar pride knowing he's worn the English D for so many spectacular years. Former Tiger teammate Justin Verlander reflects on what he means to the Motor City. It's iconic. He probably brings a smile to everybody's face. Uh, I think everybody has their own Miggy moments, whether you know him personally like I do, or you're just a fan of baseball, or not even a fan of baseball, just a, a fan of the city. I mean, looking back, you know, some of those early years, obviously the city was really struggling, and just to have the fans embrace us the way they did, and, and, and 
you know, what we kind of went through as a city in those times and the moments that Miggy helped provide for this organization, for this city, it's, uh, he's going to have a statue here for a reason. According to former Tigers manager Jim Leland, Miggy helped fill a lot of seats and spread a lot of joy around here for so many years. It's a wonderful baseball city. I've been on record a hundred times. I believe Detroit and St. Louis are the two best pure baseball towns in the, in the, in the country. Uh, I think the most of the time Miggy was here, he was fantastic. I think some people get a little frustrated. There's always that, I don't want to use the word jealousy, but that always comes up where at the end where you're not going to produce quite as much. Some people get a little frustrated with that, but overall he put a lot of people in the seats here. He put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces, including mine, believe it or not. <laughs> Tigers legend Willie Horton has known the Cabrera family since before Miggy was born. He says the way Miguel's managed to weave himself into the fabric of the city and all throughout the state is quite remarkable. Oh, he means a great lot. I mean, this man is not only in, in, the, in the whole city, the whole state, what he's done and accomplished in the last 15 years. And to me, off the field, his activity that uh, he never shy away from Cabrera himself thinks of Detroit as part of his family. I always say, like, Detroit is like a big part of my family. Um, if I want to play, I, I, I want to stay here, you know, I want to stay here, try to help the young guys, try to help the front office, whatever they ask me, but I also want to be part of this city and this thing. That's music to Detroit fans' ears because Miggy will forever be a part of this city's rich history. Some fellow Detroit sports royalty shared their gratitude for Miguel with us and reminded Miggy he will always have a home here in Detroit. Hey Miggy, Steve Eisenman of the Red Wings here. I want to congratulate you on an incredible career. You've been a great Tiger for so long and wish you the best of luck in your retirement. What up though, Miggy? Hey, Megatron here, man. Congratulations on a brilliant career, man. Just want to wish you all the best in your retirement. That's upcoming. Uh, many blessings to you and your fam, man. But from one professional athlete to another, the consistency that you display throughout your 15 odd years here in Detroit, obviously with the Marlins before then, but that level of consistency, man, it doesn't go unnoticed. And I, I can probably speak for everybody in here in Detroit. We appreciate the show you put on for us, man. So, hey. All the best in retirement, man. Many blessings to you and your family. Take it easy. What up, though? It's Jalen Rose. Miggy, congratulations on an amazing Hall of Fame career. And all of us Detroiters are forever grateful the way you put on for the city. Whether it's hitting for power, whether it's hitting for average, whether it's playing in the outfield, whether it's playing first base, third base, or DH, and regardless, you always did it with class and a smile on your face. We're forever grateful. Enjoy retirement. Hey, Miguel, what's up? This is Ben Wallace. Congratulations on a great career. Man, I just want to welcome you to the Hall of Fame crew. There's no doubt your career speaks for itself. You know, you're always going to be beloved here in Detroit. Always going to have a home here, man. Congratulations on a great career. Ben Wallace said it best. There's no doubt we'll one day be able to see Miguel's plaque in the hollowed halls of Cooperstown. In his final season of play, Cabrera passed several legendary names on the all-time hits list, including Hall of Famer George Brett. Brett remembers Miguel as arguably the greatest right-handed hitter he's ever seen. You know, I've seen a lot of players come and go. Uh, I played 20 years and I've been in the game for 50 years, but I really, really enjoyed watching you play. You had a lot of fun. You were great. You were fantastic. Maybe the best right-hand hitter that I've ever seen. So congratulations on a great career. I will see you in five years in a beautiful little city in upstate New York, a place called Cooperstown. And I look forward to being there for your induction ceremony, pal.
As we kick off Miguel Cabrera's final week in baseball with Miggy's celebration weekend in sight, what will the game miss most about number 24 after he's played his final game on October 1st? Our own Dan Dickerson says the game will miss Cabrera's presence. The presence. I mean, just the presence. Even as you know, the production may have fallen in recent years, there's a presence in that clubhouse, in that dugout. The young players, I think, have benefited from that presence, especially this year. So many young hitters. I really think in this last year, he's just had a more of a hands-on talking to them. They've created a great atmosphere down by that batting cage downstairs. And I think just having him down there talking, hitting, whether it's encouragement or whether it's I see this or whether why don't you try that, that presence is enormous. That's invaluable. Former Marlins teammate Mike Lowell says we'll miss Miguel's unique balance of ultra competitor paired with his constant ability to have fun. I think the game will miss how much he enjoyed the game, but also playing the game at a high level. Because you can have a lot of guys that enjoy it and they're not very good. For a guy to be a right-handed hitter who is not really a speed demon to win batting titles, triple crowns, MVPs, and still look like he's you know, a 12-year-old in a Little League uniform having fun. I think, I think the game misses, will miss that about him and misses guys in general that go about their business the way he did. Former teammate Dontrell Willis echoed those sentiments. We'll miss the little kid in a big body. I believe the fans will miss someone that genuinely loves the game of baseball, loves being out there. This is someone that God blessed us with to provide us joy at the highest level for a very long time. And so you get older, you start to try to appreciate moments in time. And so to see him laughing, to see him have joy, to see him in his old man rocking chair in Washington, D.C., he deserves his flowers now. And so as a friend of his, as a brother, as someone that's benefited from his hard work, I'm extremely honored to uh, talk about him and, and, and really share, share his light because he deserves it. Willie Horton had his own insightful take though. Maybe the game won't miss. Maybe the game will grow. I think it's not going to miss. They're going to learn from it. They're going to grow. They're going to look back and he's part of history. And from history you grow from a young people and from a young mind when you sign a contract. You have something you shoot for. And as I call it, we keep that little boy in you with your dream. I think they're going to miss about him, but it's not going to miss him because he's going to give insanity where you dream a lot and keep growing. Detroit fans, we're approaching the end of an era. We've been lucky enough to watch one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time play baseball for the past two decades, and many of those years were in a Tigers uniform. Thank you for joining us on La Leyenda as we relived Miguel Cabrera's remarkable 21-year career, exploring the mark he's left on the game of baseball. All five episodes of the podcast are available for you at tigers.com backslash podcasts. We can't wait to see you at the ballpark for Miguel's final weekend. It's going to be an epic and emotional couple of days. Thanks again for tuning in to La Leyenda. I'm your host, Daniela Bruce. Gracias, Miggy.